The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. I believe in the Son. I believe in the Son. Even when, even when it's not shining. I believe in love. I believe in love. Even when, even when I can't feel it. I believe in God. I believe in God. Even when, even when God is silent. I first heard these words in this haunting and beautiful song sung by my Divinity School choir. But these words were first written in defiant hope and found after World War II. I can't imagine what horrors the author saw and experienced, how incredibly difficult it must have been to hold on to any hope at all. And yet these words speak to trusting that light and love and God are present even when we can't see them or feel them. I was reminded of these words when I read today's gospel lesson. Our gospel today is a passage of scripture known as the Beatitudes. We read this passage every year on All Saints Sunday, 
And it is one of the most familiar and comforting passages of Scripture. It reveals the truth of God's presence in the hardest circumstances. When most of us think of the word blessing, we might think of God's favor, external circumstances that reveal God's goodness, like having a place to live or a family to love or meaningful work. All of these are gifts from God and things that we are deeply thankful for. But this list of blessings found in Matthew asks us to expand our understanding of what it means to be blessed. While God is present in times of plenty, when we have all that we need and people to share our lives with, Jesus reveals that God is also present when life doesn't look like that at all. God is present when we are at our lowest scariest, hardest places. God is in our lives when we feel most forgotten or most hated by the world. God is with us even when everything else has fallen apart or away. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are reviled and persecuted. Though these words are a comfort to us now, I do wonder how those hearing Jesus' sermon for the first time would have reacted. At a time when health and fertility and wealth were signs of God's favor, it meant that those without those markers of God's love must have lost favor with God for some reason, through some fault of their own. It was commonly misunderstood that sickness was the result of sinfulness, like when Jesus heals the man born blind and they ask who sinned. And hardships must be punishments, like when Job's friends try to find a reason for his suffering. So if God is with those with wealth and health, and God is also present in the lives of those who are poor in spirit, those mourning, the meek, those reviled and persecuted, then that must mean that God is with every person. That there is not a single human being left out of God's love. That God's love covers all and embraces all. Especially when life is hard, we can be certain that God is with us. Today on All Saints Sunday, we remember those who have gone before us, people we've known and love, God's beloved children who now rest in their eternal home. We probably came to worship today with someone or many someones on our hearts. During our time of remembrance, we will read aloud the names of those who have died in the past year. And then during communion, you'll be invited to light a candle in memory of anyone who you're thinking about today. When we hear the name of someone we love or light a candle in memory of a loved one, it is with joy and sadness and hope. We feel the joy of having experienced their love or their friendship or their role in our lives. 
the sadness of no longer having them as companions on earth, and the hope that though they are no longer with us here in body, that they are home with God, and one day we will be there too. Today, as we are thinking about the people we have known and loved, we are also haunted by the great loss of life and conflicts around the world. Especially in this moment, the war between Israel and Hamas. In our remembrance, we'll name 44 people who were loved by the people of Emmanuel. And we might not know each person by name, But we know that each person we name aloud was very important to someone in the congregation, whether that person was a parent, a spouse, a child, a sibling, or a close friend. The recent loss of life in Israel and Gaza is in the thousands. Our minds and our hearts can't make sense of that much loss. If we let ourselves really feel it, to let our hearts ache for each person who has died the way we care for our own loved ones, we couldn't bear it. But God feels that heartbreak. In a poem by Padraig Otwama, he writes, When I was a child, I learned to count to five. One, two, three, four, But these days I've been counting lives. So I count one life, one life, one life, one life, one life. Because each time is the first time that that life has been taken. I'm not an expert in politics. I have no experience leading a country. While I consider myself a peaceful person, I hope to never know what violence I would be capable of if I truly felt that my family was threatened. I do not pretend that one undergraduate course or six days spent in Jerusalem and Bethlehem would make me an expert on the area. Nor does reading any number of articles that appear on social media. But here's what I do know. The language of war is language that makes us forget that behind the numbers are people and that each person is a beloved child of God. And even the people in a war hate war. And though one side will eventually claim victory over another, there is no winning not when the result can only be the loss of many parents, spouses, children, siblings, and friends. Right now, it feels like God is silent. This holy place, this place where God took on flesh and lived among us, this place we read about in scripture and sing about in our hymns, is a place of war when it should be a place of peace, this place where heaven touched earth. I believe in God. 
I believe in God, even when, even when God is silent. As we lament the loss of life today, we must also try to hold on to hope. Remembering God's loving presence in the lives of all people, especially those who are hurting. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. It may be difficult, even impossible, to see God in this, but God promises to be there. In the hardest and scariest places, God is with us. We read in Revelation this morning of a beautiful vision. There will be a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. And as we light our candles this morning, remembering our dear loved ones, and as we lament the loss of life throughout the world, we remember just how much we are loved. How every person is a child of God. No matter the color of that person's skin or the language that person speaks, that all nations, all tribes, all peoples, and all languages belong to God. With each candle we light, we dare to hope that death and sin do not get the final word. We dare to hope, even when it makes no logical sense to hope, that the light of Christ, the light of God's love, will make a way where there seems to be no way. That Jesus' work of forgiveness through the cross that reconciled God and people have made it possible that one day we can live in a world where even people and people can be reconciled. We hope that this life is not the end, that God is still at work, and the last word will not be hate, but love. May God's love be our hope until the day we are all gathered in God's eternal embrace. Amen.